Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 290, and today we're going to talk about a very interesting interview that I came across on a channel on SiriusXM, and I found it to be very interesting. So, number one, I'm currently driving. I'm driving to go to lunch, taking a break from work. Number two, I don't know what channel uh, this was on. It's like in the 130s or the 140s on SiriusXM. I was driving home uh, late after work, trying to get home, and the weather was bad. And I was thinking, okay, I need to listen to something that calms my nerves. Uh, it was really bad weather here in Oklahoma. Sometimes when it rains, it downpours. And we don't always have the soil for the rain or the water to absorb into, so it creates flash floods. So I didn't want to listen to music. I was like, I just need to listen to just like a talk show. So I was looking for a station, so I just came across one that was kind of docile, <laughs> kind of calming. And it was a very interesting show. Now, mind you, I did not hear the first part or the last part. I only heard about 30 minutes, like right smack dab in the middle of this show. But it's a business channel on SiriusXM, and there is this guy and this gal. And they were talking about how community banks supposedly help the community. And I was listening to them, and I could totally tell that they have never suffered a financial hardship, especially when dealing with the bank And they just kind of have this doughy-eyed opinion of small community banks. Now, here's the thing. Am I against small community banks? No. They have a place, but I just don't think that they truly practice what they preach. So, basically, they are all for small community banks. They are very doughy-eyed about it. And I think that is truly a disadvantage because you're putting your trust in people that you don't really know very well. And I think that's very unfortunate because I think these two people... They, they don't understand the banking sector, so I want to talk about that briefly in this episode. I thought, why not go ahead and film this puppy? So the reason why I don't think they really know what they're talking about is because they just have this, this, I can't even say, this opinion of small community banks that is just um, unrealistic. It's just very much like, oh, they never make any mistakes. Like they kind of have this this completely wrong idea about them. And it's, it's one of those things that I think that's very much a mistake. And here's why. I've done business with large and small banks and also credit unions. I've learned over the years my least favorite are small banks, community banks, and or credit unions. Reason why is because... They use um, your private life against you. So I have personally experienced discrimination based on my age and my marital status, meaning um, they thought I was too young to really be taken seriously. And then also because I'm not married and I don't have any children, they didn't think that I would be as successful as a married person. And they, they kind of treat it like, well, we really don't want to do business with single people. And I think that is so horrible, and it, it gets so old. So needless to say, I couldn't really do business with small banks or credit unions because they're very churchy. And what I mean by churchy, in case you don't know what that word means, because I do know I have listeners in other countries listening in, what I mean by churchy is that they're ultra-religious, ultra and they try and push their ultra-religiosity onto whoever they do business with, 
even though our religions differ. So here in the United States, we have freedom of religion. It doesn't always feel that way because of how people use their religion as a way to shame and blame other people. And that has really become a problem, especially in the Bible Belt states. So basically, at-will states, conservative states, red states. And here's the thing. I'm not for blue states. I'm not for uh, Democrats or liberals or progressives. I'm not for labor unions. Um, but it, it's, I just kind of feel like in the Bible Belt states, they're very extreme. Like, to me, they're just as extreme as California or New York. But they're on the opposite end of that spectrum, and, and here's why that creates a problem. Whenever you have super religious people in charge of your banking sector and your financial sector, they, they are going to practice their religion in a way that violates your rights. And that's what I have come across time and time again. And you know, I've tried a couple times to film this episode in the two previous times. Um, I just kind of felt like... Perhaps I was sounding too negative, and I don't like to be negative. I like to be factual, just black and white, yes and no. And so I thought, well, I just need to say it like it is, like I always do, and just let the chips fall where they land. So here's the thing. I am not a fan of community banks because I think when you get in that mindset, oh, we're, oh we are in community, I think it brainwashes you, and it, it really it, it convinces you or encourages you to lower your guard. And to, I guess, be too cozy with people that you may not really know. And I think that whenever people overly focus on community, they lower their guard. And for me personally, whenever I lower my guard, that's when bad stuff happens. And I don't mean that negatively. I'm just staying a fact. And here's the thing. Whenever you're conducting business, it needs to be on the up and up 100%. For me personally, I prefer to do business with larger banks. And here's another reason why I'm not a fan of small banks or smaller financial institutions, especially credit unions. They, they will use your personal information against you, but it's information that's not always asked on a personal loan document. That's what I mean by being churchy. They will try and practice their religion in a way, and they're very good at it, they practice their religion in a way that it violates other people's rights, especially religious liberty, financial liberty, and just being a human being. Another problem is that smaller banks and smaller financial institutions, they, are, they don't have as much financial leverage, and that's just how it is. The reason why is because they don't have as much money in their banks as a larger bank. The reason being they don't have as many depositors doing business with them. I'm not saying that to be negative. It's just a fact. Also, their depositors don't deposit as large, uh, I would say, as large deposits or as much money as like a larger bank. So whenever you're dealing with a smaller financial, financial institution, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this, whenever you're dealing with a smaller financial institution, they do not have as much financial leverage. And that becomes a problem very quickly because if a financial institution does not have safe, secure or larger financial leverage, then they cannot afford by any means for loans to be late or to go default. You don't want loans to be late or to be in default, but what sucks with smaller financial institutions is that because they don't have as much financial leverage, they are super strict about their loans in regards to if you miss a loan or if you miss a payment, 
they are more likely to repo your car a whole lot quicker, no grace period, will not take into consideration that you've changed jobs or you've moved or you lost your job and and you just need like 30 or 60 days to get back on your feet. No, they they have no consideration for that. Another problem is is they can try and force you into foreclosure if you have a mortgage with them. So needs to say It's better to have a mortgage or just a loan in general with larger financial institutions. And I'm not saying that they're um, completely, I would say, foolproof. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's more professionalism, and larger institutions are less likely to fail. All you have to do is Google bank failures. And you will see all of these smaller banks that have failed over the years because they didn't do things right. In that same token, if you look at the history of larger banks, all large banks start out small, every single one of them, because you have to start somewhere. But what sets these larger, more successful banks apart from these community banks or credit unions is that they stood the test of time. And the reason why they stood the test of time these larger banks is because they did not practice this churchy um kind of soul-sucking customer service let's get involved in your personal life hey you know let's talk about your kids the dog the cat no the reason why these larger financial institutions are so successful and why they are still around even after 75 to 100 years is because they focused on the products and the service that they provide they they don't play the game of oh we're family oh we're community no they they don't play that sorority house bs excuse my language but it gets really frustrating whenever you go to a bank and they don't take you seriously like for me personally i would rather i don't mean this negatively but i would rather be a number to a bank as opposed to being seen as a person because it's been my experience that whenever a bank or usually financial a smaller financial uh, entity seizures a person on a number they they use what they see about you as a person against you and that's where the discrimination that's where i ha- i have experienced that discrimination that's where it comes from it's that churchy oh let's let's let you know let's uh, see if they're married let's talk about their kids you see cuz what you have to remember is that regardless of where you bank bank tellers are in it for sales and i don't mean that negatively but it's just how it is many banks whether small medium or large have quotas that they have to fulfill otherwise they may or may not stay in business like at some point they have to have new clients they have to have new customers that's how they make money So, needless to say, if someone's, you know, calling you by your first name and I noticed that when they start calling me by my first name and no longer Miss Sullivan, sometimes they'd make a mistake and think I'm married and they would call me Mrs. Sullivan. But I noticed when they start calling me by my first name, these smaller banks, that's when the customer service went downhill because they try to get involved in my private life and my personal life and ask me very personal questions and it's not their business it has nothing to do with a checking account a savings account or a loan or anything like that see what i've talked about in previous episodes is whenever people skirt the law the reason why i don't like community banks and smaller banks and credit unions is because they skirt the law all the time so they're not always breaking the law but they skirt it and the way they skirt the law 
is they try and get information about you that is not legally acceptable to ask on a financial application of any kind. But they get that information from you by being friendly, kind of having that that southern hospitality. You know, like asking you, you know, you know, where do you go to church or, or you know, did you like this message that was on YouTube or you know, oh, how are the kids? Are they really loving the football games? You know, those conversations are geared towards getting more and more of your data. It's almost like Google or the these tech firms, these big tech companies that you may not realize that they're collecting data on you. Well, that's what these bank tellers are doing. But it's way worse at the community banks because they're doing it for ulterior motives. It's not to provide you better service or to provide you a better loan. It's to decide, hmm, well, if she's not married, um then she probably doesn't have as much money as somebody else. So because her marital status is single, we don't want to provide her with a loan. That is completely illegal. That violates federal law because that is that is discrimination based on marital status. Marital status has nothing to do with getting a loan or wanting to buy a house or wanting to buy a car or wanting to start a business. But in these smaller community banks, they're very churchy. They're very churchy. And I'm saying that as someone who's Jewish and I believe in the God of Abraham. Like I I also believe in Jesus, the the Jewish Messiah. So for someone to discriminate against me in any way really bugs me because it's so ungodly to discriminate against someone. It's so just awful. I don't know how else to describe it, but it really bothers me when people that claim to be Christian or claim to be holy or they act like, oh, they have the perfect marriage and, you know, their life's all great. It's like, okay, if your life's all great, that's wonderful, but that doesn't give you permission to discriminate against other people. whom you think their life isn't great because they, you know they're not married and don't have the white picket fence that's what i'm talking about so that's what i'm talking about when i'm saying that smaller financial institutions these community banks they practice a whole different realm of discrimination and once i realized what was going on they were discriminating against me because i'm young i was being discriminated against because i'm not married i don't have any kids i'm not popping out babies i'm not spawning i'm not procreating Once I realized they're discriminating against me because of that, I I left those banks. I don't do business with them. I started doing business with larger banks. And the reason why, <coughs> excuse me, is because at a larger bank, they're not intrusive. So you're treated like a number. And I understand that that sometimes that can feel a little cold. But I would rather have that than have someone be shaming me because I'm not going to the church that they think I should go to. I'm not married to the person they think I should be married to. I'm not popping out babies as much as they are. And I don't have the same lifestyle as them. I don't practice the same faith as them. When you are treated as a number, to me it's actually refreshing because then I'm not being harassed. I'm not being discriminated against. I'm just a number. I'm a person, but to them I'm just a number. And it's like, "Hey, You know, this is what she needs in terms of financial products. She's good to go. We will offer these products and we will do the best we can to have excellent customer service, but her private life has nothing to do with this loan. That's why I prefer larger financial institutions because they do not get this churchy mindset. 
And what's sad is that they're all different forms of discrimination, but I feel like it's way worse when it's done by people that claim to be um, holy or religious because they use their religion against other people. And they use it as a weapon as opposed to using it to be a peacemaker. As opposed to drawing people to Christ, they actually push people away from God. And that's where I I get really irritated with that stuff. And when I get irritated, I back off. Well, first of all, I pray for them. Number two, I back off. I'm like, you know, the Bible is very clear about who to associate with and who to not associate with. Because who you do business with, it matters. Who you dine with matters. You know, you know who who you who you date, who you marry, you know, who you're friends with. All those relationships matter. And you know, typically in Bible Belt states, people tend to associate business relationships as familial relationships, and it's not family. You only have one family. And unfortunately, in in a lot of business situations, there are many people in Bible Belt states. They blur those lines, and when they blur those lines, what they don't realize is that it leads to nepotism. And what that means is that, well, I'm going to favor someone that's more like my family, as opposed to someone that does remind me of my family. You know, if they don't remind me of my family, then they must be doing something that I don't approve of. And if I don't approve of something, then I'm going to discriminate against them. That's how their mindset is. They don't think it's discrimination. They may not word it that way, but their personal beliefs and their belief system, whatever it is, is technically what is giving them permission to be racist, to be discriminatory. And there's all different kinds of racism. It's not just about if someone's African American or if someone's white. There's so many different I'd say arenas that are involved in that and it's really sad and it very much breaks my heart because none of it is appropriate none of it and it's very irritating to me because I believe in doing everything I do with integrity and so when I see someone that is not practicing integrity it really irks me and and you know I'll say it again I first of all I pray for them because they need a lot of help if they do not have integrity because there's no excuse not to have integrity. Number 2, I back away and I don't do business with them. And so what I learned was to do business with larger banks because you know, I'm not the largest depositor at any bank, although that would be really cool because then I would be super rich. I would love that because there's so many more things you can do when you have more money. You know, you can help a whole lot more people, you can invest more in your in your country, in your economy. and i just think that's a beautiful wonderful thing and that's why i am a republican capitalist because those things go hand in hand at least they used to until we had a bunch of fakes and phonies join the republican party but anyway i would rather be treated like a number because then someone or certain people are not interfering in my private life and they're not using my private life or my religion against me initially i did not like being treated like a number because it felt kind of empty kind of soulless but Now I actually appreciate being treated like a number because there's actually more respect there because there's more accountability. That's another thing I want to mention here, and I'll close with this: larger banks tend to have more responsibility because they are held to a higher standard. And I don't mean that smaller banks don't have the same laws or regulations; they do, for the most part, except for credit unions. But 
My point is this. The more money you are in charge of at a financial institution, basically the bigger your audit is going to be. And I don't mean audit in a negative way. Technically, you're supposed to have audits every year, an inside audit and an external audit. That's nothing new, and you actually want to do those because you want to catch mistakes before they get big or, or before they happen. That's why you have an audit because you keep your company safe. And that's very important whenever you're dealing with other people's money. So that's also the accounting side of my brain looking at that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that with larger banks, because they, they have more financial assets and they have more financial leverage, they, they are held to a higher standard, whether they realize it or not. But they are also more heavily regulated because they have more responsibility. I have learned that when people have more responsibility, They are more mature and they don't make as many mistakes because they know if they make a mistake, it's going to be really bad. <laughs> so they want to make sure that everything is on the up and up. That's why these community banks, th that's kind of why they don't get it. And that, that's, that's why they, they don't become larger banks. It's because they typically are stuck in the past. They typically overfocus on personal relationships and that's not appropriate for the banking sector or the financial sector, much less the private sector, because they're not really valuing privacy. And, you know, here's the thing. Many people will talk trash about Google and these other big tech companies, but no one will call out these smaller banks or these community banks for, for the things that they pull. And if anything, smaller banks and community banks and credit unions are more financially unstable Okay, unstable compared to larger financial institutions. That's just how it is. So needless to say, I understand that not all banks are bad and not all banks are good, but there are some that are managed better because they have better managers in order to ensure the safety of your deposits because you are a depositor whenever you deposit your money into a bank whether it's a community bank or a large bank or a credit union. So be aware of that because the last thing I want for any of my listeners is to be doughy-eyed. And, you know, if you don't know what doughy-eyed means, it means kind of um, gullible, ignorant, but in kind of like a, a happy-go-lucky kind of way. And here's the thing. Ignorance is bliss until basically the bubble burst, right? So... I'm all for people being happy and joyful, but there's, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Well, I'm going to say this, and I mean this as nicely as I can possibly say it. It doesn't pay to be foolish. It just doesn't. It's better to be wise because you have insight and you will have better financial security. You can still be happy. You know, I think a lot of people, they... Whenever they don't understand the importance of serious decision-making, they often live a very foolish and a frivolous lifestyle. And I'm all for, you know, buying nice things, but it should never be frivolous. You know, whenever I purchase something, doesn't matter if it's shampoo, conditioner, or if it's a car or a boat or a house, whatever. Whatever I purchase... I look at it as an investment in myself, an investment in my future. I don't care if it's 
or $2,000 or $200,000. I don't care what the amount is. Everything that I purchase is an investment in my future. And that's not being selfish. That's being smart. That's being wise. Because the foolish do not pay attention to what is happening in the here and now. And because they're not paying attention to what is happening in the here and now, they are not making plans for the future. And that's where it gets really serious really quick. Because let's say, for example, you miss one payment and you, know, you have a loan with a larger bank. You know, the odds of them repossessing your car within like 48 hours or a week is slim, is slim. Like, the odds of them doing that are low. Why? Because, again, they have the financial leverage to cover that temporary loss. Whereas a smaller financial institution, like a community bank or credit union, because they do not have as much financial leverage... They cannot afford to cover a financial loss of any kind, which is why they quickly and brutally and ruthlessly repossess people's cars, their trucks, their houses, all this stuff. And I just think it's really sad that a, a, you know a, a bank will, will make it seem like they care about you, which is what happens with these community banks and these credit unions. They make it seem like, oh, you know, we're not the big, you know, we're not a big bad bank. We actually care about our members. Well, I don't believe that. I just don't. Because they, they focus on feelings as opposed to rules, laws, and regulation. I would rather do business with someone that understands rules, laws, and regulations as opposed to someone that just tries to play on my feelings all the time, pulls up my heartstrings, tries to get involved in my private life, tries to, you know, learn, you know, what my cat's name is and, and tries to get me to tell them funny stories about my cat. All they're doing is they're building a false rapport, a false relationship, whereas when you're treated like a number, it's all business. Why? Because there's more accountability, accountability excuse me, I would rather have that than have some fake relationship where it's just money exchanging hands. And you know what? People will, will smile at you until you can't pay your bills. Then where are they when you need help? That's the thing. That's why I prefer people in banks that it's all business. Because I don't like being fooled. I don't like being duped. I don't like people using my feelings or, or my emotions or my private life against me. I don't like that. I think it's very cruel and I think it's very sick. And that's what happens at small community banks and at credit unions. And the reason why they do that is because they know they do not have the financial leverage to take on more responsibility. And I think that's really sad because, again, all of these larger banks, every single one of them, they all start out as small banks, sometimes community banks, but they never operate as a community bank. They never operate as being judgy or churchy or practicing shame and blame or being fake. It was just, hey, this is what this loan is. 
This is what we can legally do. This is how we can protect you. And these are the services and products that we provide. The world is your oyster. Let us know what you want, and we'll see what we can do for you. Whereas talking about your wife, your husband, your kids, the cat, the dog, the lizard, and building this stupid false rapport based on family ties when you're not even family, it, it it's a business transaction. It's not a family transaction. It's a business transaction. So needs to say, these two people that I heard on SiriusXM, and I'll see if I could, if I can't find that channel. I'll see if I actually let me rephrase that. I'll see if I can find the channel and let you know which one it is. But I could totally tell these two people they they either a have never been through financial hardship, or b they they live in La La Land. They don't live in Realville. That's what I call it. I live in Realville, meaning. Things in my life are black and white, yes and no. That doesn't mean that I don't ever have fun or that I don't ever have joy. In fact, I have more happiness and more joy because I know what's what, and that brings me comfort, very much so. That's probably the the analytical side of my brain, and the accounting side of my brain that says, "Hey, I want to know how things are and what's what," because I get very suspicious of people when they overcompliment me. That was my big red flag. I was doing business uh, basically with a smaller bank, and they just kept over complimenting me every time I would go in. I was like, okay, there's something going on with the loan, and there's something going on with my money, and I was I was correct. Because whenever someone over compliments me, that tells me they don't want me to know or to see what's really going on. I don't like that. Don't get me wrong, I love a, a good compliment. That's great, but when it's too much, I'm like, hmm. Something's going on. It kind of reminds me of like a, a cheating boyfriend, when they're overly romantic or nice or something. It's like, okay, what did you do? What did you do? Because <laughs> you're not always this nice. See, that's the thing. If they're not always that nice, and all of a sudden they're like super nice, then then they're doing something out of guilt or shame, and that that concerns me. That very much concerns me. So I like things to be on the up and up. I'm very black and white, yes and no. I expect to be told the truth, even if it hurts. I expect to be told the truth because I look at it this way: pain is temporary, but God's love is forever. That's how I look at it, and that's not being churchy. That's just me being real. That's just how I view it, and that's how I live my life. But I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye. So it's only love.
Don't let this world go down 